The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. does not own a Bible themselves. Put your hand up if you'd like. I have some Bibles for you to give. If you don't, or if you know someone who doesn't, there are some Bibles here uh, that you can grab after. Lord willing, there won't be enough there in that pile. I have more upstairs. We have free access to the inspired Word of God here. Now, so if you do not have one in your house, if you know someone who doesn't have one in their house, please come and grab one. It contains the message of life. So this morning we are beginning a mini-series, a new mini-series that we've titled Jesus is Lord. We've sung about that this morning. going to include things like Jesus is Lord over my personal life. Jesus is Lord over my family life. Jesus is Lord over my vocational life. But before we look at how Jesus is Lord over these areas of our lives, we need to first start by acknowledging that Jesus is Lord of life. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Jesus is Lord of life. The title will be Jesus is Lord over all creation. But what makes Jesus so special? We just, we just spent time together singing Jesus is Lord. Show us Christ. All that I need is you, Jesus. Christians keep going on about how special Jesus is, but what makes him so special? Now, we may answer that Jesus is special because he died for our sins, and, and yes, that is true, absolutely. But it's deeper than that. What makes Jesus so special is bigger than that. My prayer is that this morning we will see the bigger picture of what makes Jesus so special. So please turn your Bible to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 15 to 20. Now, I don't know about you if you're a person who or mark or underline something in your Bible. Maybe you've got it on your phone, you're able to do a little electronic highlight. Maybe this morning you might have that opportunity to do something, to, to put a line under a few things and, and chew on that, ponder that after the message is finished as well. Let me read for us the word of the Lord for us this morning, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through to 20. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Let me pray briefly. Oh Lord God, we thank you your Spirit has inspired the Word for us today. We thank you that your Spirit is also our teacher, so we ask that you teach us through your Spirit. Show us why Jesus is so special, we pray. So the big idea we're going to run with today, and you could probably guess it, is that Jesus is supreme. Jesus is supreme. If that is what you walk away with, if that is what is ringing in your ears as a result of this message this morning, then praise God. I pray that He will show you the depth of that statement. We see that Jesus is supreme through the way the Apostle Paul has put our passage together. So each, each section in our passage starts with a statement about the identity of Jesus. And then flowing on from that, Paul then explains, he says, why? He says, so. We're going to jump right in and see that the first thing that Paul says is that Jesus is supreme in revelation and creation. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. There's the identity of Christ. And to explain that, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is above, oh sorry, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. with, it's important to note that the he that begins verse 15 is actually, it's talking about the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. Paul has just said that in Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. He's identified that he's talking about the eternal Son of God. So now where he says he or him, he's talking about Jesus. And here Jesus is given the title, the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. Grand title, but what do they mean? As the image of the invisible God, Jesus is God personified. In Jesus, the nature and character of the Creator God walks the earth as a human. 
in Jesus, God is most fully revealed to the world. And Paul's not the only one that says this. The Apostle John also starts his gospel this way. You might be very familiar with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life is the life of all mankind. John continues in verses 14 and 18. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. The writer of the Hebrews also begins by highlighting that the Creator God is revealed in the Son. God's revelation in the past is done through his prophets done through his word, also done through creation. Writer to the Hebrews starts, In the past God spoke to our, to our ancestors through the prophets, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If that's not enough, Jesus himself claims to be the revelation of God. He says to Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So you might know that language about the image of God isn't just restricted to Jesus. It starts right back in the first chapter of the Bible. There we read that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Adam and Eve were created as male and female, superior to the rest of creation to rule as God's representative on earth. Humans had delegated authority from God. And that was for the purpose of protecting and caring for the earth so as to make it flourish. It's like an ambassador with delegated authority. Now before coming into Ministry, I had the opportunity to go as an ambassador of my employer to Sri Lanka, to one of our suppliers over there. I had the delegated authority to act on behalf of my employer. I could give directions to my supplier as to how we wanted things made. I could make some decisions on my boss's behalf. But I was not my boss. I was just his representative. Jesus, however, is not made in the image of God. 
Jesus is the image of God. Might seem small, but it's a huge difference. See, Jesus is not just God's representative here on earth. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is God's character, his attributes, personified, available on show for all to see and interact with. And Paul cares this title of the image of the invisible God with the title the firstborn of all creation, or as it's sometimes more helpfully translated, the firstborn over all creation. Firstborn. That's a title of status. Now, for some of us, we might, you know, it might not fit so well that the firstborn has got the status after a subsequent born. Don't have the same role. Don't have the same air about that. Air, that's a play on words. You can write down if you want. It's the word first, the title firstborn speaks of one's authority, and it's, it's a big thing in the Bible. It's a big thing in Hebrew culture. In Psalm 89, it is the title given to King David. And this is given to David, even though David was neither the first one born in his family, nor was he the first one to be crowned as king of Israel. Yet God says, I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. So now for Paul to give Jesus the title, firstborn over all creation, it exalts Jesus and recognizes his authority as heir of all creation. So we need to chew on this for a bit to allow to hear what it means for Jesus to have these titles. So Paul goes on in verses 16 through and 17 to flesh this out. He says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now the phrase by him that we see at the start there in verse 16 is probably better understood as in him. And that's how Paul later uses it in verses 17 and 19. In him and in Christ. They're, they're phrases that are, we know very well from Paul. He uses them a lot. Right throughout his letters. And it's possible that in him is shorthand first through him and for him or to him. It's possible that in him actually includes through him. So I think it's helpful where we read in him for us to be thinking about these things. 
through him speaks of the son's agency or his active involvement in God's creating work. But it's not in the managerial sense. It's not like Jesus is just taking orders from someone above him in the family. The phrase for him or to him speaks to the son being the purpose or the goal of creation also. In these verses, Paul tells us that the scope of of the Son's agency is all things. And all things includes the stuff, whether we can see it or not. Everything in creation. It covers the physical realm that we're aware of. The stuff in nature that we can touch and feel. Emotions. Thoughts. He covers the laws of nature that govern how this place runs. It also covers the authorities that are in place on the earth here. The people and corporations who hold positions of power throughout the world. All things also covers the spiritual realm. The, the forces that hold power here, yet we can't see them. Spiritual beings, both good and bad. In Him, through Him, and for Him, all things were created. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God in the flesh, Created all things and has authority over all things for his good purposes. And knowing this must affect the way we understand the world we live in, shouldn't it? How we see and treat the natural world. How we make sense of and deal with our emotional struggles. How we interact with different powers and authorities that govern us. Jesus created them uh, by him and for him. He can and will use them for his good purposes. And to make sure that his readers are absolutely clear on the importance of the Son of God in regards to creation, Paul rounds out this section by saying in verse 17, in him... All things hold together. Or in him all things unite. This is huge. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, Paul is saying that all creation owes its continuous existence and finds its cohesion, we might say its reason and its meaning in the eternal Son of God. We know Jesus Christ. Are you looking for the reason or the meaning of life? You'll find it in Jesus. 
Are you trying to get your head around the suffering and the rubbish that life throws at us? you find that in Jesus too. So we know that the world is not perfect. We know that from Genesis chapter 3 that the creation that was so good has become stained with sin. We know that from our experience in the world around us, don't we? The Bible tells us, life tells us, something's gone wrong. And so God promises to deal with that which has defaced his creation. He promises to deal with sin. And he does this by doing a new creative work. By redeeming creation. And this is what Paul addresses now in verses 18 to 20. Jesus is also supreme in God's redemption work. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For by him all the fullness of God, sorry, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased as well. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And Paul goes about this the same way. Once again, we see a statement about Jesus' identity, who he is. And then he goes about fleshing those titles out. The phrase is in him, through him, and to him. Make another appearance. It's showing that Jesus is also the agent and the goal of God's recreating work, his work of redemption. Paul makes it clear to his readers that Jesus is once again supreme. The words head, beginning, and firstborn all stem from the same root word in Hebrew. Once again, Jesus is first in both time and status above the church. He gives his church its life and its lead. All of this so that Jesus might be known as preeminent in every creation work of God, whether that be the original creation, whether that be his new creation. Now, I'm not sure how many times this week you've used the word preeminent. I've used it a few. I'm guessing you probably had it less than once. It's not a, not a word that gets much airtime in our, in our conversations, does it? But to call someone preeminent is to say they are supreme. That's supreme not in the way that Messi is supreme over Ronaldo. It's supreme not in the way that Yuki Buff is supreme over Netflix. It's supreme not in the way that Clean skin coffee is supreme over McDonald's coffee. Jesus, oh sorry, to be preeminently supreme means there is no contest. There is no rival 
is to stand alone. Stop it. It's not first place in front of second and third. No. It's stand alone. Jesus stands supreme in God's redemptive work because the reconciliation of sin-stained creation is achieved through Jesus and for Jesus as well. Peace with God is only possible through Jesus' blood on the cross. That is what gives Jesus lordship, his gravity. That is what makes Jesus so special. That in his supremacy, he didn't just sit idly by in his heavenly place, watching as we mess things up down here. In his supremacy, the Son of God did not just send us instructions and tips on how to make life better for us. In his supremacy, the eternal Son of God comes to earth and dies a shameful death so that we might be reconciled to God. And that offer is freely available to all who would humble themselves and receive it. So Jesus knows that we have messed things up. He also knows there is nothing that we can do to make things right. So Jesus has done that for us. He is supreme in salvation. He is our only hope of redemption. Jesus is our only shot at peace with God. In Jesus, his supreme sacrifice is made for the forgiveness of our sins. Have you thought about that? Have you really stopped to ponder that the one who is just as supreme over all things, over everything, whether we, we can see it or not, every power that exists, the one who exists as supreme over these things has come and entered creation. He sacrificed himself, accepting our sin, so that we might be able to have relationship with God. Does that make Jesus special? Does that make him special to you? That is what makes him worth thinking about, friends. what makes him worth giving life for. Life for. He is the author and goal of all creation. 
question to you today is, have you accepted Jesus? Have you accepted the sacrifice of the supreme, eternal Son of God for your sin? There's something we all need to wrestle with. Something you need to wrestle with now. There's something you need to continue to wrestle with this week. Maybe you want to set aside some time during the week. And I'm not saying set aside as in, oh, I should really do that. Get out your diary. Get out your calendar. Write it down. Tell your spouse, tell your family. If that helps, so you can set time aside to wrestle with the gravity of Jesus' supremacy. Jesus' supreme sacrifice is something worth remembering as a call. It's something we do each Sunday when we gather, isn't it? We sing praise to Jesus. We do it through the Word of God, reading it and, and talking about it. We do it through prayer. The fact that we would come before God and pray to Him shows that Jesus is supreme. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.